Whole squad posting looking like we on defense. All drip first team this season. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 47 of Survival of Fitted. Mm hmm. It's an in-person episode today. You're listening to your boy, Joe Williams, a.k.a. the man, the myth, the legend. And I got my man next to me, Ian Pierno. We have none other than a special guest in the building today. That's right. We have a guest uh -huh. at the air horn sound right here in post, Scott. Yes, sir. We are, we are out here with Mamadou Ba. Yes, sir. sir. How are you, and if you I'm good, man. I'm doing good, man. Doing good. If y'all don't know who Mamadou is... A, you're behind, but we can get you acquainted. Mamadou, who are you? What are you known for in this space? Give us like, give us like the elevator pitch on you. Elevator pitch. My name is Mamadou Ba. I am originally from Guinea, West Africa, and I grew up in Detroit, moved to LA in 2016. And I'm a fashion designer. I own the brand Sabon. Been running it strong for three years now. I'm just trying to keep it going, you know. So, how do you pronounce your brand? Because I was I was struggling off camera. We were trying to. I was trying to figure it out. Ian was trying to help me. How do you pronounce it? Yeah, because I was saying Sestbon. For or for a while, I said Sestbon, and then one day I was actually with John. And he was like, "That's not it." And I was like, "It's not Sestbon," and he was like, "No, you're an idiot." No, it's Sabon. Sebon. 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 Yes. And what does that mean? It's, it's good in French. You speak French? Yeah. We love a, we I, love a, we love a multilingual multilingual is that the word? Bilingual, I think it's what it's bilingual, called. Bilingual, bilingual. We bilingual. love a bilingual man. Um, so tell us, your brand has obviously been on a ton of NBA players for a while. Um, in the past, I think people would probably know it if you've seen like the tactical pants with the reflective, the reflective, yeah. with the reflective mm -hmm. knee, um, on everyone, Harry Giles, Shay, pretty much anyone you can really think of, even Kuzma. Um, but now like, uh, Saban's kind of in a new stage, right? Like you're working on some new things. Uh, tell us yeah. a little bit like how you started getting your clothes on basketball players, the pants and where it's going. I mean, originally I started it. I gave out like 600 t-shirts to like all my close like friends and family, 300 Six, white ones. 600 t-shirts? 300 white t-shirts with the pink logo on the front mm -hmm. and then 300 black t-shirts with the green logo on the front. Gifted them to like everyone that I knew just to like build brand presence that way. And Shay was actually the first one to wear it in the tunnel his rookie season. And that kind of brought traction that way, but I dropped it and I literally only sold like five t-shirts online. I was like, okay, like it's a marketing piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, two things there. Number one, you know 600 people? Yeah. <laughs> like you were able to give away 600 t-shirts. Like you have 600 homies. Yep. I mean, some people got doubles, like one of each color, but yeah. Damn. That's okay. crazy. And then I think my second question is, is you just casually brought up Shay Jillis Alexander, who's arguably the biggest star on League Fit. So obviously, like, that's important to us. Um, how did you become an honorary member of the Alexander Canadian royal family? I mean, yeah, like I said, met Shay before he went to the league and just been mad tight ever since. And No, no, we, we want to know the story. How did you guys meet? Working at round two. 
Oh, for real? So, so is that what you were doing in LA when you moved out? Yeah, yeah. Well, originally I was working at another sneaker store that I don't like to speak of anymore. It's mm-hmm. our relationship there anymore. Yeah, fuck him. No free clout. Nope. But round two, I wholeheartedly rock with him forever. But I was working there from like 2017 to mid-2019. And just met people that way, you know, working in the retail space while also trying to figure out my thing. But like set the scene. Like, so you're like in round two, Shay walks in. Did you like know who he was? What what did he cop? Like I knew who he was because my roommate J Mac is a is from Kentucky, so he mm-hmm. is a huge Kentucky basketball. He honestly made me an honorary Kentucky fan that way. Yeah. Even I'm from Michigan, so I love Michigan State, but I kind of I would say I watch Kentucky more now. But yeah, knew who he was through that way. Just chopped it up, asked him like what he wanted from the store. And then we exchanged info and just been tight ever since. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I've met a few NBA guys before then. Like, I've been close with PJ Tucker since, like, 2015 and a few other guys. But as far as, like, strong, like, my brother relationship, the Gilgis-Scott family would be my strongest relationship, for sure. That's hard. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense um, because you're your sneaker... Um, which I, I need to know the whole story, but um, basically there was a Sabon Jordan collab and there was like only like what, like a hundred pairs made? Yeah, only a hundred, yeah. Yeah, but it's like pretty yeah. rare because like, Joe, like when you think of like Nike and Jordan collabs, like what do you think of like the brands they've collabed with? It's like- You think you think of like the like the Dior's of yeah. the world and- Supreme. Supreme. Louis. Yeah. So. Um, so it was like a, it was like a huge deal. Like you're in like this like elite class, like your forever. brand. Like, forever. Yeah. yeah. How did that come to happen? I mean, I've had a relationship with the brand since like 2016. But it started with my friend, Drew, who lives in Portland now. He's a visual artist. I'm pretty sure I introduced you to him a few times, Ian. Mm-hmm. And he would take meetings at Nike, just pitching random ideas. And then eventually, like, brought me along. I would fly to Portland maybe, like, once or twice a year. But I actually wanted to work at Nike before I started, like, my own brand. Yeah. So I was just how I could do that, take informational meetings. But the people that I met up there was like, nah, you don't want to work here. Like, you're going <laughs> to... Elevate way more if you did your own thing as opposed to like actually working corporate, you know, but maintain those relationships. And then this was like, I think, fast forward to 2019 or 2020. I can't remember. End of 2019, I posted the Jordan 34 of me playing basketball in it. And one of the brand reps that I knew literally hit me up was like, yo, it'd be crazy to see a mama do PD. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but wait, but hold up. Like, when you when you read that message, because, like, if I... Because, like, if I got that message from a Nike rep, I'd be like, ta, I'd like, teehee, ha-ha, LOL, like, jokes, like, ha-ha, definitely, we should totally do it. But I would definitely would have thought it was a joke. You were like, like, what did you think? The tone that it was set, I knew it was serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because... He kind of mentioned it a few times before, but I didn't take it as seriously. But this time he was like all caps. Like, yo, it'd be crazy to see a mom do PD. So we started the email thread. They sent over all the assets and we worked on it from scratch like that whole year. I think we got to talk about what the people really want to know. Because I know you referenced that you were you were hooping, but 
the you know the streets are talking and the streets are saying that Ian Pierno beat you in a game of one on one. And I want to know the logistics, the details, and the information on said event because I think that's what the culture well, really wants to know. Are you saying how me and Ian played basketball? I I, I was told that Ian beat okay, you okay. and was will let Vanilla, you know. Vanilla DeRozan. I have I have a torn ACL three times, so that is my excuse as to why this man beat me one on one, and I will stand on that. For what it's worth, I will say. Mamadou is a better basketball player than me. Anyway, back to the ah, sneaker. Well. Back to the sneaker. So you said it took like a year to develop. Um, and it, like it's, it's a Mamadou PE, which is crazy. Because when I think of PEs, I think of like Devin Booker's Kobe PE and PJ Tucker's. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, are the PEs, you literally only think of like basketball players. But I was, we were trying to make it a fashion shoe, but that could live on the basketball court as well. You know? Right. Um, and that brings me to like the design of it. Um, we'll definitely have to like post this clip on social and include some photos of the shoe. Um, but like, talk to me like what the design of the shoe was inspired by because there's lots of colors in there. And even like the packaging is insane. So the design of the shoe was just my journey of coming from West Africa to America. You know? Yeah. Because I was doing like research and trying to figure out the direction and story that I wanted to tell with that sneaker, I was like, well, I've kind of had to deal with a lot of things in my life, but I never per se gave up. Like right. I wanted to be a for since I was in high school, you know, and that didn't pan out, but I figured out a different direction through fashion to take that NBA space, you know? So when I was doing research, like I said, I noticed that the LA flag and the Guinea flag were literally almost identical as far as like colors and tones and stuff. And oh, so, shit. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. I didn't even know that. So I was like, oh, shit. Okay, maybe this is like why I am in LA because they're both on the West Coast of each continent. And it's just the, the parallels like tie in. So we yeah. To tell that. And then if you notice how there's like the grainy situation on the side panels of the sneaker, that was sand because growing up in Africa and here, I enjoy going to the beach, you know? Right. So it was like a story of how sand correlates into time and like how you have to take time through everything and just not rush your process. Dude, I love, uh, there's a phrase for this, but I'm, I don't know it, but I love like little chicken nuggets like that where it's like, it's a, if you know, you know, like mm. if you just see this, like the sneaker or fashion piece or whatever, you're like, oh, this looks sick. Um, without like any background information, but then you get some background information. You're like, oh, this is sand. This was inspired by these flags. Mm. Like, like, and then yeah. it like, it, it means a little bit more. Like, I, I love that. Um, yeah, and then yeah, the yeah. box of that sneaker was insane too. Like I, I've obviously been wearing Nikes and Jordans my whole life. Um, and I've never seen, um, an unboxing experience quite like the one that came along with your sneaker. Thank you, but that box, so like that whole shoe was designed in a group chat with me, the homie Garrett, who works on Savon with me, and then Larry and Noel. Those are my two guys. One of them lives in Chicago. The Chicago guy actually designed the box, hand laser cut it. Each box took two hours to cut. So what? Designed, yeah, he took two hours on each box. And how many boxes so, were there? A hundred boxes, right? hundred boxes. That box, the special box, we only made 25. Oh, that's, that's even still more 40 rare. hours, bro. That's a that's a work week. Unless you're Joe, because Joe probably yeah, puts we wanted, 
100. all the details like lined on telling that story that we wanted to get across you know wow that's that's insane um so obviously like that shoe drop there was some like insane hype i know you like it was getting coverage from like slam kicks complex sneakers like in all these places um but i have to imagine cooler than seeing like it posted anywhere was the day that an nba player wore it in an nba basketball game not on the bench a player who played in a game scored points uh, just like tell me what that's like to see the Mamadou PE on an NBA player in a real NBA game. That's honestly surreal because literally it just takes me back to that myself, like, yo, I technically didn't make it to the NBA, but somehow like my name is on that court. Yeah, and it was MSG, right? It was it was Nikhil Alexander Walker, I think, at the Knicks. And what's funny is like the day the boxes came in. It was like, yo, FedEx me that next day right now. I'm going to wear it to MSG. So I had to <laughs> rush back home from the office and go straight to FedEx to get that out before the cutoff time, you know? Damn. <laughs> that's yeah. that's insane. You're the first, like, basketball court that your sneaker ever touches Madison Square Garden. That's insane, bro. Yeah. That's wild. Um. So, like, moving on, though, like, there's so much, uh, like, in the future for your brand. I, I know that you've been cooking up some new things. As a matter of fact, I even put uh, Thanasis in one of your T-shirts and one of your mohair cardigans. Um, where Where's the brand going? And how is, like, basketball playing a role in that, whether it's marketing or just inspiration? I mean, I'm seeing it like I'm still going to keep doing what I'm doing, like, as far as just ma- maintaining that basketball space, but I'm trying to take it to like high fashion level. So I'm trying to be consistently showing in Paris Fashion Week. So just everything's gonna be more intricate and like detail oriented now, not just screen printing t-shirts and hoodies anymore, you know? Right. Um, and that like- makes a lot of sense. I- I've seen some of the samples of the stuff you're working on and like the, the mohair cardigan was probably a the heaviest and b the softest cardigan I've ever like laid my eyes on or touched. So like there's in your hand and it does on your body, which is weird. Yeah, but. what's it like? How long does it take to develop a product like that? Because I think anyone can really mock up like a T-shirt on on Illustrator pretty quickly. Um, but like, what's the process of making like an individual like? piece like that like you know getting like these dimensions right getting the the right fabrics like how long does it take to develop like one staple piece four months to develop but even like our initial practical pants it took us like six months to develop that wow yeah um that makes sense i have a pair of the tactical pants i need a pair hella pockets you can like (laughs) You can put like like a debit card in one. You can put like oh. I don't know, like a little little mini goldfish pack in another. So you need the Janko jeans pockets. So you know how people used to wear like the crossbody bags. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still do. Is that not cool anymore? It's not. I mean, I did too. I felt like that was just taking away from fits, just because you couldn't really wear it with everything. Valid. So, okay, how how can I make a cargo pant cool? while also removing the bag from people's spaces. So I just put all the pockets on pants. You're just rendering the bag unnecessary. Yeah, literally. Got you. Mm. Um, you brought up showing in Paris. 
And obviously the mm. brand's name is French. Would you just, when you're in Paris, do you tell people the brand is, it's good? And then people are like, what's that mean? And you're like, Saban. No, no, no. You just keep it exactly how it is. <laughs> but like, it doesn't, because like right now, Saban is so cool. Cause like, we're like, we have to be like, hey, like, what does that mean? Like in France, like this is my marketing pitch. Like me and Joe can mm-hmm. be consultants for the brand. I think when you show it, Paris Fashion Week, you should make it, it's good. And then the French people will have to ask what that means. And you, you'll be like, it's American, or not even American. It's English. It's English. English. I mean, that's such a like, common phrase in France that they know exactly what it means in English. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh. Unfortunately. Yeah, I had a pop up out there in 2019. And that was like my first entry into like Fashion Week. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what I actually want to be in but actually doing runway shows and not just pop-ups, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, would you ever let Joe walk in a runway show? Absolutely. Before he even answers the question, the answer is yes. Both of you guys. Why not? Yep. You love to see it. <laughs> I will 100% be there in France. I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, and I think one thing, like obviously basketball has been like really important in growing this brand because you know, it's, it's been your marketing vehicle. Like basketball is basketball fashion has just taken off in the past few years. Um, but how is like basketball, like influence the brand you brought up, you grew up playing, you still play here and there. Like does basketball ever play a role like in like, whether it's the design or the functionality of like the things that you're working on? Yeah. The design, well, first it's like the approach of how I treat design is literally like practice, like, I'm putting in this amount of hours, so the reward should be this eventually, you know? Yeah. So getting that mindset down, but yeah, like all the technical aspects of like when you're playing in a game, you know how you have to run this play a specific way or else it's not going to work. I treat that the same way as design. Like this specific button isn't in this specific position or this pocket doesn't lay the proper way, then it's not going to give off the full part, you know? That's what I respect that so heavily. Um, it reminds me of when I first started styling Miles Turner. Um, I sent him uh, like some designer's name, and I was like, "Oh, like look, this designer commented on your Instagram post. That's a good look for you." And he was like, "Bro, don't tell me these designers. That'd be like me telling you our playbook." And I was like, "Shit, maybe I don't know basketball as well as I do." But it's so cool that you can literally compare running and plays in basketball to developing these pieces. Like you have like both sides of, of this coin down pat. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like just sports and creative creativity go hand in hand because it's almost like you have to be competitive as well. Like if you don't want to be the best, then are you? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I, I kind of see that. Um, I know you almost feel like you're the best at this. Like, you have to feel like <laughs> There's a while you, you can't do anything unless you think that you're the best or you're on your way to being the best. Well, you can't do anything at the highest level if you don't feel like Um. Dope. I think before we head out, Joe has a re- reoccurring question that he likes to ask every guest. Yeah, I wanted to get your your take on this. We used to do these back when we were like really heavy with the interviewing, but I wanted to know your top five best dressed in the league. 
So like mm-hmm. if you had to pick five, like a starting five, but it doesn't have to be position based. But if you had like to pick five best mm-hmm. dressed in the league, who would you pick on that five? Top five best dressed in the league. Just anyone? Just anybody. Yeah, anyone. Yeah. Uh, Jay. Duh. Okay. Good fit. Uh, well, okay. Of course, I'm going to say Shane and Nikhil, but I'm just going to remove those. That's valid. Like, yeah, let's do let's do top five that you're not family members with. Um, Devin Booker. Yep. Solid. JC. Mm-hmm. Um, D'Angelo Russell. Ooh, I love that pick. Love that pick. Um, well, let me go. <laughs> That's what I have to do too when people ask, like, who do you think is the best dressed in the league? I'm like, this is my job. And I still have to like open Instagram. I'm like, oh yeah, D Lo's fly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jalen Green, just because I like the risk that he takes. And That's fair. Yeah. Last. You gotta be pretty risky to wear some mesh shorts and vintage NASCAR tees. Relax. Last one. Yeah, last, last one, I would say CP just until he keeps it true to himself. Who was the last one? Chris Paul. Oh, Chris Paul. Hey. Seems like Chris Paul makes everybody's list, and I'm happy with that one. Yeah, yeah. me too. Especially some North Carolina shit, too. Relax. Um. Well, yo. Thank you so much for tapping into that. Of course. I appreciate you guys. Hell yeah, my boy. Appreciate it, my guy. Killing this podcast. Say it one more time. You're killing this podcast, episode 48, right? Uh, Yes. I think I said 47. 47. I was going to say. But you know what? We out here, numbers don't even exist. It's just shit that men made up. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, my boy. All right, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Peace. Whole squad posting looking like we on defense. I'll drift first team this season. I'ma get it cause I got my reasons. On the ground till my heart stop beating. Y'all little boys made me change my demeanor. Too much drip on the ground, I can't see it. Stepping out against my body.